I didn't think I was as good. So I've always thought I didn't want to be a doctor. But at that point, because in China, doctors are paid very little. Yeah. The idealistic me, I'm like, who would do that other than a Christian? The prosperity gospel is attractive to everyone, and especially as it appeals to each of our idols, such as finances, comfort, and the good life. But today, we will hear from a sister and about her family who came to Christ, became a physician, and desires to encourage others not for personal gain, to bring the hope and peace of Christ to others. And so, Cynthia, welcome to Fully Known, Grace Point's official podcast to get to know people. Thank you. So to begin, let me ask you, why do you have a thousand different names, right? What is Cynthia Ruping's song? And then I think it's pronounced Joe, not Zhao, right? Yeah, Joe is my husband's last name. Okay. Yeah, we don't change our last name in China when we get married. So Song is my own family name okay. so so joe is more like just because in america people mention it but it's not part of my name okay and cynthia is my english name i added it when i became a citizen okay you know, added as my middle name because it's just easier for people to sure to remember sure yeah. uh-huh. so rupeng is, yeah. is that's your official chinese name exactly okay yeah cool tell me a little bit about your family and background like where are you from uh, your parents and siblings, like how you met even Jason and ended up here in Upper Dublin uh-huh. with uh, Jane and Vincent. Yeah, so I was born in the 70s in Beijing, China. Mm. And uh, so I grew up, you know, in China, it's like everybody thinks of uh, communism as being a little scary, but it, it wasn't. It, I, I had a great uh, childhood. Okay. And uh, so I have a sister and my parents. And I think we were all, everybody are kind of really equally poor, so you don't even feel oh, poor. So yeah. you'll, you know, like I, I didn't have like toys and stuff. Yeah. But we definitely were happy in the sense like we actually eat three meals together every day because you even have a break from school in the middle of the day to go home to have your lunch. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. So my father and mother are both like uh my mother was an engineer my father was like a kind of a researcher professor okay yeah so in 1978 he actually came to america as what he was the first uh, chinese scholar with from mainland china to university of michigan oh wow yeah so that's when china first opened its door so he came to the u.s i was like maybe five years old Mm. but then he was here for two years but those two years it's like no phone no of course email no anything so so he and my mom just write letters like every two weeks uh, yeah so we have no connection at all but you know i just think kind of how life changes um you know like people could tolerate that kind of uh, separation but but he, he loved it it's so different i don't think anybody could imagine the difference yeah yeah it's it's maybe like uh, north korea people showing up here now yeah <laughs> stuff like that yeah but then he he went back and um to china after two years and um we basically just like some people grow up some people like tried really hard to come and stuff but we just i mean we just kind of stayed so me and jason came um 2000 year 2000 so when i was um, 26 okay. so we finished our like uh college medical school all our trainings and then that's when we came so it's like 20 years ago oh okay mm-hmm. okay yeah so, so the back up a little bit where are your parents now and where's your sister now 
Oh, my parents are actually in the U.S., my sister too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, my sister came to the U.S. Um, for undergraduate. She okay. went to Dartmouth. She came oh. like uh, 91. Okay. Yeah, she actually was um, in Beida, you know, like um, that's, I don't know if you're familiar with the Tiananmen Square, the oh, yeah, 89 yeah. thing. Uh -huh. Then she went to college that year that she actually had to go to military training for a year. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then she came to Dartmouth as undergraduate in 1991, I think. Okay. So she came to the U.S. much earlier than me. Uh -huh. and, uh, and I remember she said how she came here. She was so, have such mixed emotions because yeah. of how wonderful and beautiful it is. But then she almost feel like a kind of despair that mm. I would never get to see it. Because in, in, in at that time, you can't even have a sibling visa. visa. Yeah. So it's just like, she feels like I can never get to see America. Mm. And she didn't even know if my parents get to visit and stuff. But... We're happy we're all here. She's in uh, she's in New York City. She works oh, okay. for Google. Oh wow, yeah. that's awesome. Um, yeah, so my parents are here too now because okay. we have no siblings in China. Yeah. Yeah. So where do they live, your parents? They actually live half a mile from here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Cool. Yeah. And then how did you meet Jason when you said you know you, you finished school and you came to America? Yeah, but... we I met him in medical school. Okay. Yeah, so the last year he was uh, like a resident, I was a medical student. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And then what was like uh, the schooling like back then? Yeah, I definitely would say school is very different in China. It's a lot more, um, you know, like higher requirements and everything, you mm. know. So, yeah, I think uh, if we didn't know the difference, I think we were all, we didn't, we we're not like as critical as I would be now because mm. you kind of didn't know the difference, right? You yeah. just think that's the way to be. And then in a lot of ways, actually, now when I look back, I think it's in its own self good in a lot of ways that it has like a higher standard, stricter standard. Yeah. You know, instead of like so much emphasizing on do what you like, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I, I appreciate that when I first came here, but after a while I realized how life is not all about do what you like. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, but we're very thankful. We're very thankful for the kind of experience, you know, like the education we had. Yeah. Yeah. Do you miss any friends? Who are the, your closest friends? Would you say like your college friends or your childhood friends? Or uh, Actually, it's an interesting question because I have very close friends from like high school because our middle school and high school are kind of together. Okay. And then we also have a class that I was um, selected to. So you are like, you are with this 30, 40 people all the time. Oh, wow. So you know them really, really well. And then because you are kind of selected, your level is very similar uh -huh. and um, in, in a sense actually that class probably I would say 60-70% of people in the US now Okay. so we're very close and then like uh, of course my very close friend was a Christian friend in China I yeah. had a very close friend and then well, after I came here I thought I wouldn't make more close friends but throughout the year I actually realized uh, it's still possible and then you know like uh, now we have very close friends with our church friends mm -hmm. and everything yeah okay. so Cool. And then uh, I guess as you guys are both physicians, you guys mm -hmm. both finished medical school. Uh, tell me about what field each of you are in and how you felt God called you to that area versus pediatrics or, you know, mm -hmm. brain surgeon or, you know, yeah. what are you doing now? And how did God call, how do you feel like God called you? So um, in terms of going to medical school, it's actually... When I grew up, I just knew I didn't want to be a doctor because my mm. mom had this uh, dermatology kind of book, which is so gross. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, but 
I became a Christian in, I would say, junior year college, according to the standard year. Yeah. And then, so when I was having, because you have to pick kind of your, your major or your professional or whatever at high school, at the end of high school. Oh, so wow. you go to medical school, you know, like you decide your major at the end of high school. So at that point, I became a Christian. I'm like, I cannot be doing some work focusing on money. So uh -huh. I kind of excluded like finance and stuff. Uh -huh. And then, um, and then all my classmates are so good at STEM stuff. I'm like, I don't think I'm as good, but, but then they are like super, super yeah. good. You know? so I didn't think I was as good. So I've always thought I didn't want to be a doctor, but at that point, because in China, doctors are paid very little. Yeah. And then also my mom sent me to this uh, medical school person to ask, and they would be like, they would be telling me other students would be maybe taking 24 classes in a week, but we have to take like 40. Mm -hmm. So ignorant, idealistic me, I'm like, who would do that other than a Christian? You know, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. it's, so, it's so bad. <laughs> so if I don't do it, who else would do it? So it's really looking back, I'm thankful to God that, uh, that if, if it's not because I become Christian, I wouldn't have that kind of courage yeah. to actually go into medical field. So that's how I did. But when we when I was in medical school, of course, like any idealistic young person, I'm like, internal medicine doesn't really cure people. Mm -hmm. But in China, usually you can be a GYN, but generally speaking, for a woman, you can't be a surgeon. Uh -huh. um, and um, so I choose to be an anesthesiologist. Oh. That's also when I met Jason, so I was like, Oh, maybe I can still see him in the operating room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so I was an anesthesiologist. I finished my training in China when I came here. Okay. And we came here. And, and Jason was a neurosurgeon. Oh, wow. In China. And then when we came here, I think it's partly also um, after we did the research, we take the test again. It's partly just uh, also um, practical, you know, to be practical because uh -huh. it's much harder to get into anesthesiology and neurosurgeon much longer times of training and stuff so we both went into internal medicine which i'm really thankful because i feel like we get to, you know how like a lot of people feel like you you don't get to live your life twice and then it's almost like we get to experience the acute side of medicine and then internal medicine and i actually get so interested in end of life care so mm -hmm. i also have a palliative care and hospice so it's mm -hmm. like from trying to fix everything you know in the surgical field yeah. to the end of life you realize when there's a lot of stuff medicine couldn't be fixed but yeah. you can still show compassion to people so yeah. so i'm really thankful that i went through this whole span of yeah, yeah. different experience yeah that's really encouraging to hear yeah so with the current pandemic situation and the covid virus uh, how has it been for you guys as uh, physicians? Has it made you more anxious uh, to go to the hospital and to face these patients? Or has it been kind of like business as usual because you always face sick people, people with contagious disease, diseases? Like, how has it been for you guys as doctors? I think it's actually a mix of all that you mentioned, you know, because the, the pandemic, of course, it's uh, we've never seen this before. We've heard of um, the SARS when it happened in China, I think that's 2003, that our friends were going to the front lines and stuff. You mm. know, it's just so far from us. This time when it happened, because everything happened in China, like kind of like January 20th. Yeah. And then we were like watching it so closely and then getting so worried about our friends going to the front line. And then, you know, I remember uh, the first time crying is to see one of my friends. I didn't even know, but she's from my ear. Mm -hmm. And then she is going to Wuhan, the city, to um, to work there. And I just remember how sad and worried I was. But then, of course, nobody ever imagined it came to the U.S. And then 
in the beginning, I do think we were more like cautious and nervous because we feel like the, the majority of the Americans don't realize mm-hmm. how bad it could be. Yeah. Yeah, but I think when, um, and I do remember even the first time when Jason said he might have been exposed to a positive patient, I was like thinking, oh, now if he has to be quarantined, I have to be quarantined and all that. I was even started to feel short of breath. You yeah. know, it's kind of so, I wouldn't think uh, as a physician you would do, you would feel that way, but I actually, Felt short of, I physically felt short of breath. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, it kind of like, it really is happening. And then our like office shut down, meaning like no inpatient, no face-to-face patient just become all virtual. And then, so we also um, have to, no, we, we don't have to, but we are like, have all these opportunities. We can like volunteer to go to like the testing centers, to go to the hospital, like we, we both signed up. And then it's really actually good to actually go to the very front line, mm-hmm. to go to the ICU, The and I was called on the surge team to go to see the hospital patient. Yeah. And then actually also see palliative care patient, like end of life. You see so many positive patients face to face. And then and then also a lot of my nursing home patient also got positive and a few passed away. Oh. Yeah, so you actually really feel that intense um like you feel like you're in the middle of the yeah. pandemic yeah and then also in icu i i remember just looking at the board like every single patient was COVID. so yeah. it's like it's so real you know um so in that sense it, it is it is serious but on the other hand i see a lot of people recovered and then you know after you've been to the front line like i think some a lot of times the fear is when you don't know it but when sure. you actually see the very front line you see people do recover you see people who passed away, like most of my, I have like maybe four or five patients passed away. They're all in nursing home, all in their late, late 80 and 90. I see. Mm. So you kind of see the people who pass away do have like comorbidities and stuff. I mean, I, I'm sure there are very sad cases of like younger people and stuff like that. But the majority are, you know, people kind of um, already have a lot of issues. And then you see like all my office patients, none of them went to the hospital. And they mostly, they, they really all recovered. All, mm. all that kind of things actually make us less anxious afterwards. That's good to hear. Yeah. So after this part of your career that you're experiencing, if your children want to become doctors, uh-huh. would you be okay with them? Or would it make you nervous and be like, no, I don't want you to go through the really difficult things that I went through. Would you be okay with yeah. them being doctors? That's actually a very interesting question because Jane is applying for pre-med. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then it's actually, because I, I think this whole thing made me and Jason, we're kind of excited because uh-huh. like I said, when we went into medicine in China, like the doctor doesn't get paid much more. Yeah. So it's almost like it fits why we went in there. So we didn't, we didn't regret at all. We almost feel like we finally get to do this. You know, yeah. it's always like watching so it, it, it's really kind of exciting. It's like when, when I was called, because I left the hospital practice last summer. Uh-huh. But then this time when I was on the search team and then they're like, tomorrow it could be you. I was like excited and nervous at the same time. But then the next morning I got called and then I went and, and this and said, why is mom so excited like a little kid going to the playground <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's like it, it made me feel like oh that's a cute way of saying it made me a little bit like sad i'm like no it's not i'm very scared but <laughs> yeah. on the other hand i'm glad that he observed it mm. in, in that sense yeah. and then also jane she kind of knew she wanted to do medicine but she wasn't sure but after the pandemic she's actually more sure oh yeah because she felt like we you know we were calm we, we went we volunteered we went all that kind of uh, 
inspired her, yeah. which made me really happy because I don't want her someday to say, I don't want to, I, you, I became a doctor because you wanted yeah, me to. Yeah. That this pandemic experience actually made her want it to be. Uh, so so that, all that is good. And I definitely want to. Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. That yeah. gives me the chill. That's <laughs> awesome to hear, you know? Because it's really not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a way, I wouldn't say it's not that bad. I would say because I do palliative care and hospice. Yeah, yeah. I know, like life is full of like suffering and sickness and yeah, stuff, you yeah. know. So, I- in a way, I- it is just part of life, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It's great to hear. Uh, in terms of the coronavirus affecting our lives, besides your life, how has it affected you guys, like socially, uh, as a family, um, your education for your kids, spiritually? Um, how has it affected the rest of your life and not just your career? Um, I think definitely like we, we see people less, but overall I don't think it, it affected us as much. I okay. mean, I, I, I think for Jane, she's virtual, you know, but it kind of works out because she was a senior last year. And then, so in a lot of ways she did her activities, you know, now she's just writing her essays. So I don't think it's so negatively affected her mm. and, and also cause she's older, you know. She's, she's very self-disciplined and stuff. But for Vincent, because he is in private school, so he has school. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would feel much worse for people who have younger kids. Yeah. Yeah, for us. Um, and then also we return to work, like, in June. So it's, like, every day is in person as normal, other than wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. That's good. It's funny, you know, because we th- were talking about Jane so much. When I saw her on Sunday, like, five, six years ago is when I first met you guys, and she was, like, graduating from elementary or going into oh. middle school or something uh-huh. like that yeah. and then I saw her behind the wheel I was like what are you doing <laughs> and she's like what are you talking about yeah. I have my license now I was like you do yeah. you know so. I'm so thankful this year she can pick up Vincent because she has she can drive it yeah. helped us so much yeah. yeah that's awesome yeah um how about in terms of your faith like spiritually coronavirus do you feel like it has hurt you guys you guys feel like you're stronger because of that or even to take a step back how did you come to jesus first um how did you accept jesus and the gospel how did you end up at grace point and uh-huh. you know where are you guys now yeah so we both became christians in china like okay. i became a christian in middle school, in high school when i met my um like american english teacher mm-hmm. yeah she came to china after 89 the you know the Tiananmen Square thing, and I, I mean really we grew up in communist country right so in my mind I never knew I never ever imagined actually there are people who believe in God <laughs> that's you know because to us it's like a religion is the same as superstition you know yeah. it's like there's just like I just never knew a normal person who seriously believed in God that's kind of like my my growing up background but. I think just the kind, I think it's really the love and joy she has that is so different from where I have seen before. Mm. That really draw me to find out more. And then the ideas of like sin and grace and redemption, all those are like, were so foreign to me, mm-hmm. but at the same time, so profound and deep and made sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that also because I think my, my father, like I said, I came to the U.S., so he's more open-minded. Yeah, so yeah. he did tell me when I wanted to be a Christian, he said, he said that's fine, but just, um, he said, the best things and the worst things I've done by 
religious people in this world. So, mm. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, as long as you don't go extreme. But he had good experience interacting with um, Christians. And okay. actually, my parents are both uh, are Christians now. Oh, great. Yeah, so that's how I... So I think I'm very blessed in a way that I feel like I, I heard the gospel in a very pure form. Okay. Like without denomination, without politics, yeah. without the bad history of, you know, like Christianity, I'm sure did bad things. I just didn't know any of those. I just kind of saw somebody who is so loving, who is, you know, like uh, full of joy. And uh, and I just heard the about sin and how God died for me and yeah. all that. It's just like in this simplest, purest form that, um, that I can hold on to. So if you became a Christian first, did you share the gospel with your parents, or how did your parents convert? Yeah, yeah, so they knew, and then we, um, yeah, so so they, they also know my friend, and then we, um, you know, I talked to them. Oh, and I see. Then, yeah, and then my parents, I think uh, people throughout their life, they all need something more, like, eternal and permanent and uh-huh. peace and all that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. How about your sister? My sister became a Christian too. Okay. Yeah. All around the same time. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I mean she doesn't like go to church, uh-huh. you know. I mean she has but she's uh I, I just I just think like God has his own ways and uh I'm I I'm not worried about a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was this also around the same time that you met Jason and did you guys yeah, Jay, I met Jason, um, he, he wasn't a Christian, of course, and when I met him, but it was also in China, mm-hmm. and then so he, I, I did bring him to our like Bible study, yeah. and then he found it very interesting how um, like there are actually people sitting down together to talk about good things instead yeah. of like complaining and stuff, and yeah. then he read the Bible himself and finding it so strange. He said, generally, like religious, you know, if you, you talk about other religion, uh-huh. they talk about how their characters are so noble and stuff, yeah. but then the Old Testament people are like so evil. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, he didn't understand, but then I think he understood it means those are real people. Yeah. I think that really touched him. And, uh, and then he came to God in his own ways, um, you know, like I think also seeking just uh, something eternal peace and all and uh redemption and stuff mm. through himself for himself mm. that, um, yeah so he became a christian before we got married and came to the u.s i see mm-hmm. yeah how did you guys end up at grace point oh we met uh, robert okay. when i was doing my school kind of like stuff uh-huh. yeah so we were in the chinese church for a while and then we were in the the other pca church um New Life? New Life Dresher. Yeah, okay. in Dresher. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then um, we came to Grace Point. I, I think we're really lucky in a way. Um, we experience life in a lot of different ways. Yeah. You know, because I think I, I remember Robert used to say you, ha- you are like first generation, second generation, or 1.5 generation. Uh-huh. I think we're supposed to be first generation because we came like 26, 27. Mm-hmm. We're fully like adult. Yeah. But then on the other hand, because we came, we went through the training, we were doctors, so we are like really have the experience to know people uh-huh. and stuff. So we, we, yeah, we were very blessed, I think, in, in a way. So we kind of, um, I think Grace Point is a good place for us that uh, it's um, similar. Of course, I, I still find it, we're not exactly the same, you know, like comparing to you guys like growing up here. Yeah. 
we're still not exactly the same. But I think we're lucky in a lot of ways. You know how <laughs> like when, when my pa- when my dad came, I think a lot of people at that time felt like, oh, if you can go to America, no matter what, no matter what school you go to, you'll be like so lucky uh-huh. and stuff. But I think looking back, I think we're thankful we didn't come as a kid in a way because we never experienced like racism because mm. we grew up in a yeah, homogenous yeah. uh, society. So a lot of the stuff I... I think when people say, like, like I could say, I experienced the communism, I experienced yeah. like immigration, I experienced racism, I ex- but I don't feel like I experienced any of them, actually. <laughs> 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 like sexism, I, I actually didn't. So I think we're lucky in a way that we, we experienced what being poor means, and then we now we have like a lot of uh, financial security. It's just like we lived our life in such a whole range. Yeah. So I think we're very blessed. What do you, what would you say was like the toughest time of your life, whether spiritually or was it maybe financially back then when you were a child or what was the toughest time for you? I actually, I'm so blessed. I like, I, my parents are still healthy. They're very loving. Like I have seen much more suffering in other people than myself. Like, Uh. you know, like Jason's parents passed away. Like myself, I've been so blessed. Like, yeah, toughest time of my life. I mean, the coronavirus is kind of tough, but I, like I said, I, I think life itself is full of suffering. That's why I love it worth burning on Ecclesiastes. Yeah. It's actually my favorite book. Yeah. I was sharing with my group. They are like, how can that be? Because you're so positive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think that's that's kind of the reality of life. Is yeah. the, you know, so I think I really loved it when I read it as an, in, in high school when I became a Christian. And then I still... It. It's just so comforting to know that's kind of the reality, mm-hmm. but how, how that's why I think the Bible and God is so essential to life. It's like, you know, I think in America, sometimes the life is so good that people kind of, it, it's really hard to, to see how life is not always so perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's very true. Yeah. What would you say is the best season of your life then? Like, was it when you were a young adult or when you just got married and you had no kids so you can do whatever you want? Like, what was the best season then? think now is good you know i think every stage i go through i'm very thankful yeah 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 because i i was even thinking when i was younger you know how the your kids like probably your kids age you'll be like oh life can stop now because they are the a perfect age yeah you know? yeah but then now with jane going to um, college soon i think i'll be i think i'll be ready for that mm. you know so and also like i see so many 80 and 90 years old mm-hmm. patient and mm-hmm. and many of them tell me um, 50s is the best time. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Because <laughs> they're like, you don't have so, like, you, you don't have so much, like, uh, responsibility to uh-huh. your kids or yeah, yeah. financially, and uh, you're still healthy, and yeah. so I still have things to look forward to. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. encouraging to hear. Yeah. Especially, I don't think anyone would say 2020 right now is the best time, you no, know? No, I, 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 I don't think, th- I think this year is not good, but I, I, I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty at peace. I really think coronavirus has its own meaning, you know, for yeah, everyone. Totally agree. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's encouraging to hear. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like, I guess, through that span of time you're talking about that you've been through so much? What is God teaching you differently now that He has taught you when maybe you were in China or, you know, when you had young kids? Like what do you feel like God is teaching you right now? I think it's maybe not so much it's different, but it just confirms. I think God mm. is so much bigger mm. than we know. You know, I think our our perception of God is from our experience. 
so I think when I became a Christian, like I said, at 17, you know, like I think that's a teenager when, you know, China, there's so many unknown things. So I felt like so important to hold on to him. But then throughout life, you know, I think we, we all have like our own limitations we, we, we put on, like we imagine God is like, but I think it just, he just keeps um, reminding me he's so much bigger than life and, mm-hmm. and time. And I, I think even through this coronavirus thing, I feel like I'm so sure that he is in control. So mm. all that, I think it's, uh, it's very uh, reassuring and uh, helpful. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about some of your past and we got to hear about that. And then, you know, what's going on now? What would you say some of your hopes for the future would be? And I know you touched uh-huh. a little bit, like when you turn 55, you know, you're <laughs> waiting for the best, best part of your life. Yeah. But what are your hopes like? Oh, actually, I never thought of that. I mean, like, I, I do hope we could do something. But I think my hope, my hope is more like, I just hope everybody would all be more forgiving. Mm-hmm. Not, not so much like myself wish other people forgive me or in that sense i just feel like during this time you know how like politics wise and coronavirus and like u.s and china you know of course we came you know 26 27 so china is still a big part of our lives and then how the situation in china and then how the you know the politics situation i i think it to me it's not so much for my own dream i just hope people would all be more forgiving and more um, listening to the other side yeah. or or just imagining one scenario you know like because even for myself I felt terrible with what's going on in China you know like what we hear about it and then but then it kind of shocks me the other day to hear oh in China they're doing like a, a peopleless um, taxi driver meaning like no, nobody have to drive the car yeah so in a way I'm like oh I was like feeling horrible about them being like <laughs> shut down and locked down in this like uh, dictatorship and stuff but then they're like moving on I'm like wow it's kind of I, I just have this mixed feeling about how um, how like people talk about like communists they feel so sympathetic that we grew up in a communist country yeah. <laughs> but in a way like I think we had good you know childhood and education but I'm not in any way saying I think it, it's a good thing. You know, I, I feel terrible about what's happening now and yeah. what happened in the past. And I, but also, I think in a way, it in a way, it's almost like saying because I've seen end of life care, I've seen what end of life is like, sure. and I, I've seen so much. I feel like people could be more joyful and hopeful for what we are experiencing now, whether it's politics wise or life wise. You mm-hmm. know, like we we're like so healthy and stuff comparing to end of life right but then we don't really cherish or mm-hmm. enjoy that and then we in america have a good system in a lot of ways but people mm-hmm. are like so extreme so divided and mm-hmm. so like almost like disappointed mm-hmm. at each other that we're not like really cherish what we have so in yeah. that sense i'm hope i'm like hopeful but i also hope like more people would really see the reality is better than it is mm. that's awesome well, I don't want to take too much of your time. So uh, one final question, and I think I, this is the way I'm going to probably try to end all interviews is by uh, asking a question, which is like a twofold question. One is to, if you want to share something interesting about yourself that maybe we didn't discuss and I didn't ask you about, 
that the world doesn't know about, about oh. Cynthia, you know? What is something that you can share an interesting fact? And um, if there's something that all the listeners that are listening that you want to share to them about um, a major prayer request in your life. Um, I think that, I don't think there are many interesting things about me, but... <laughs> <laughs> Come on, there's got to be yeah. something. But I, I, I was... Um, like you know I, I think one thing is um I'm trying to run a 10k now not okay. a race okay yeah, yeah. so I want to say this because actually you know how people talk about childhood trauma and uh -huh, stuff uh -huh. my childhood trauma is like oh actually I should put it this way I hate sports I think in America there are so many things I almost like wrong to say like I hate sports yeah. or I don't like dogs and stuff like yeah. that so I, I will ha probably have to say I hate sports because I'm so I was so bad at it okay so my childhood trauma is to running this we call like 800 meters which is really like half a mile so i would dread about it like a week or two before that yeah. and then i would like my lung would hurt like one week after that <laughs> i just hate it so much that i that's like the worst thing kind yeah, of other yeah. than i also hate worms but 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 i think a few years ago i did try the couch potatoes to 5k so uh -huh. i did that i was like i was like crying when i run like 20 minutes like continuously i just never knew i could do that yeah so during this pandemic and this um politics you know it's like so stressful yeah you know? yeah even though not personally but i was like what can i do so i decided i would try i think it's kind of like a mental game uh -huh. and i think also in a way um because i was like so bad at running i'm always probably the the, the, the top <laughs> three from the bottom you know and stuff so it's not like i enjoy running but i feel like I want to, I want to try this because Vincent, he like lo loves like my son. He loves like quotes. Uh -huh. He once said, "Don't limit your <laughs> challenge. Challenge your limits." Yeah. And I, I think that's a that's a good way to uh, to to think. And then also, I think it, also in America, it's so much emphasized on like finding your passion and uh -huh. do what you like. I think I grew up not like that, which is a great way to find your passion. But I think also it's so important sometimes to challenge your limits right yeah. so i think like running is not what i like but i when i actually challenge myself to be able to do what i never imagined i could like i, see. I think i feel i feel happy about that okay yeah so that's uh if it's something people didn't know I'm, i think a lot of my old friends know i'm so bad at running <laughs> <laughs> um in terms of praying i think i would probably just want I, I'd like people to keep, I know, it's like the same thing like I we were sharing, I said, I want to be more positive. People are like, how can you be more positive? <laughs> but I do want to keep to be positive and then to, you know, if people can pray for me, that I will keep going, keep, keep living like that. Yeah. Because like I said, I'm so blessed. I, I haven't had like personal challenge yeah. as much, but if I could keep um, being an encouragement to other people, yeah. I think that will be my, you know, because I, I think a lot of it like, whether it's my faith or anything, I think it's all about we look at our own sins, not other people's, but then how we love and encourage other people. I, I want to keep be able to keep doing that. Yeah. Well, that's super encouraging to hear because let me just say, Cynthia, you've always been, like you said, like people say you're positive. You've been a, such an encouragement to everyone already. So, yeah, that's cool that you recognize that and you want to do that. And, you know, and so yeah. I'm sure, you know, that the Lord will keep using you like he has used you to bless that church. Yeah, I'm very blessed. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, Cynthia, for volunteering and uh, letting people know you a little bit better and to hear your story, because it definitely not only allows us to get to know you better, but to know Jesus better, to know what he's doing in your life and, you know, again, his grace and his kindness and his love for you. It just, that shines through your life. And so thank you so much.